available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome, everyone, back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac-12 football. Bowl season is just about upon us. We're going to split this up a little bit. We'll preview the Las Vegas Bowl. And then we'll go next week, we'll preview the rest of the bowls for the Pac-12. And then we'll go, we'll recap those after that. So it should be interesting. If you have any questions or comments, send them in. Maybe not Disney Princess stuff this week, but, you know, anything you want to talk about Pac-12-wise. There's been some news, some coaching moves, guys going into the transfer portal, guys declaring for the NFL draft. You can send us an email, pac12podcast at gmail.com or call or text us, 424 424- Five three two zero six seven eight is the number. You can also tweet us at Pac-12 Podcast and the website Pac12Podcast.com, where you can find all our old episodes. And please subscribe, rate us, give us a you know five star rating, positive reviews. We love those. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify. Someone emailed me to say make sure you mention Spotify. All the different podcasting platforms you can find the POC Podcast of Champions, Dave. You know how needy I am, right, Ryan? Very needy, yes. Yeah, needy guy. Um, we haven't had a review in oh. uh, 11 days. The last five-star review was literally a subject line that said, not too shabby, this is a pretty <laughs> decent podcast. Yes. So we're going to need some more, everyone. Look, I, I understand it's a long season. It's getting towards the holidays. You've got other priorities. Uh, but you're going to need to get back on your rating horse. I know of these 339 uh Mostly five-star ratings here on iTunes. It's basically four of you doing that over and over and over again. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, but you guys need to get back to work. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. That's one thing. You you can argue. You know, you don't need to argue. We're not very good at what we do here. But the people that <laughs> <laughs> the people that give us ratings are amazing. Like, there's some awesome uh, reviews. Not just, I mean, it's, it's not amazing that you click five stars. That's great. We love it. But the reviews, there's a lot of thought that goes into it. You can tell that they listen, so... We do appreciate those. They're funny. We like to read them. Yeah, they're very good. So uh, keep them coming. We obviously appreciate it and uh, get back to work. So I said this last week, and it wasn't that long of a show, but this won't be a very long show because we're only going to preview one game. I put some notes in that we can talk about maybe a little bit. We got some questions. Um, I know it's kind of a weird time of year. You got the signing period that starts tomorrow. Uh, Today's Tuesday. We're recording this. The early signing period, uh, December eighteenth through the twentieth. We, I think we've talked about this, Dave. Are you? A, I'm not a fan of the timing of this early signing period. Do you care? Does it, does it bother you? Do you like it? No. Yeah, I, I think it's the same. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about it before, but I think it's, um, it's basically just mistimed. I think it would have real value if it was earlier in the year, um, potentially like at the end of the junior year. 
Like if you did like a June signing period, I think that might be interesting for, you know, for 2020 kids to have signed in June so they can just play their senior seasons without worrying about it and lock up their spot, especially for like quarterbacks. Um, Cause I know that can be part of, you know, part of building a recruiting classes, you know, having the quarterback in place who can also help recruit and do all that kind of stuff or guys who just know where they're going to go. Um, they should have the option to secure that spot earlier on. Um, so I think that, would have real value. But at this point, this is just a little over a month from the actual signing day. Yeah. It's stupid. Like there's no point in this. I think it's this is dumb. the unintended consequences thing. Uh, you know, this is what's basically happening. Like, I get that you wanted to have a chance for players to sign early by putting it. Now it became the de facto signing period where if you put it in June or July or August or something, then it's the guys that are like, I don't want to be messed with during my senior year. I'm going yeah. to sign. Uh, that's not what it is now. It's just an early signing period. It's taking away from bowl preparation. Uh, it's taking away from uh, you know, the coaching carousel that could be happening. And I think you put players in a weird position because now if you're a head coach and you're going to make a coordinator change, sometimes you do it. We've seen it happen. And other places, you're going to wait until after the bowl game or after the signing period then, you know, maybe you're a wide receiver and you sign with someone and your offensive coordinator gets fired or moves on or gets hired by someone else. I, I just think it's just too much kind of crammed into one area. I don't know if they thought it was going to be. I don't think any of us thought it was going to be the the de facto signing period, but it became that. Um, you know, maybe some co- I mean, some coaches were on this right away. Maybe they knew. I, I think a lot of us just assumed, OK, that some guys will sign early, not 90 percent of them will sign early. Yeah, well, and I think that's the problem with the timing is that you've essentially made it, it's not early. Like this is the it's not really early. It's just a different date that's basically the same. It's the same functional period for these people. I mean, they're they they have a huge opportunity to do official visits during the season and then in early December now, so they can get all that done. So what's the point of January anymore? Um, they don't have to wait till that. They can get an in-season official visit done and then sign. So. Yeah, I, I understand it was an unintended consequence to have 90% of people basically sign in the December period, but it should have been foreseeable if you're not actually really adjusting the date. It's literally just like 40 days earlier. What is that really doing? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think they need to adjust it further um, or just make it so everyone signs that day. It doesn't matter. That's fine. Um, but I think if they're going to have a, a true early signing period, it should be much earlier in the process. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, so we didn't, you know, the good news is before we get into some of the news, um, we didn't get any picks wrong this past week because we, hey! didn't, have, we didn't have to make any picks. And uh, uh. but we do, you know, if you want to make them, we're going to start previewing all the bowl games. We encourage you to go check out my bookie. Uh, they've been great to us over the last couple of years. Make sure you get your bets in there for all of the bowl games. Do you want to go with our picks? Are either one of us above 500 this year? No. We have been the past three years. This year was sort of an off year. So maybe you want to do the opposite of what Dave and I say. But my book especially, especially Ryan. Especially me. This. I won three years in a row, and Dave will win this year, um, unless I completely smoke him in the bowl somehow, which I don't think is going to happen. Should we double the, the price of bowl games or no? I don't think so. No, Ryan. I think that would be good. I think we should do that. No, I, I, I really, I really don't think so. I think right. we'll be fine just as it is. But so we're experienced, but it doesn't mean we're going to do well. It doesn't matter if you're experienced or not. If you're a first-time customer, 
MyBookie is going to welcome you to come and play. Quit waiting around. Sign up today. Maybe you have lots of questions. You don't have to sweat it. They have a very patient customer service team. They can walk you through the entire process. The best part is whatever you deposit in there, they're going to double it. So you could up to $1,000. MyBookie will double your initial deposit. So that's a really nice start for your bankroll. You should get a good early jump on all of these Pac-12 bowl games and any other games you want to do. The NFL playoffs are coming up. The NBA is going to be kind of fun to watch all that stuff. Anything you want to do on mybookie.ag, you can do it. So use the promo code PAC12 at mybookie.ag, and that's where they will match your deposit dollar for dollar to give you a jump start on your bankroll. So make sure you check it out. Have fun with the uh, Pac-12 Bowls and all the rest of the stuff, but go to mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid, and make sure promo code PAC12 to get that dollar for dollar matching of your first deposit. Woohoo! Great read. Fantastic read. Thank you, sir. No, I, n- definitely no errors this time. No, uh, unlike last and week. Certainly there were none last week either. <laughs> but it's good. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, where the, the bowl lines are going to be. We're only going to get one this week, but you know, next week when we get to do the rest of the bowls, six more bowls, it'll be, I'm curious to see what the lines are because I haven't looked yet. Yeah, it will be interesting. Um, I'm looking at them now, but we're going to pretend as if uh, I'm not, and uh, we'll talk about them next week. So should we get to some of the news up at the top? Yeah, why don't we? Um, what do you want to, where do you want to start? Where, where do you want to begin? So um, did you, met, or I think you might have been mentioning the Stanford guys that were entering the transfer portal, and uh, it just seemed mm-hmm. to be, it was happening fairly steadily, and then John Wilner wrote a, a column on it this week. I don't know if you got to check it out. Um, but as of now, there were 12 guys in the portal. He made little jokes in there as he was writing. Like, it was like, it's 10. Oh, now it's 11. Now it's 12. Um, some guys that look, and, and David Shaw actually commented on it. So, uh, it, it seems like a lot of dudes and there's, I think there was four like regular starters, like probably six, you know, contributors total, um, of the 12. And some of those guys could end up coming back, but it's a pretty alarming number, Dave. I, I would say, you know, they're all graduate transfers, so they could all play right away. Um, so, you know, you graduate from Stanford, you're doing something right. That's great. But, that, you know, you're talking about a Stanford squad that doesn't typically have 85 guys on scholarship. They're usually like in the low 70s. You get 12 guys transfer out. It's It seems like a big deal. Yeah, it seems like an insane deal. And it seems like in the Wilner piece, I mean, I didn't read it super closely, um, but it seemed like Shaw was trying to spin it as a positive almost in yeah, some way. Yeah, I could see. But it, it made it sound like there's guys could come back, like that they're, they're not necessarily – they're in the portal, but they could come back. And we, we've seen that happen in other places too. Um, All right, so, so two guys who were in the starting offensive line to begin the year are in the portal. Yeah. Um, starting defensive linemen are in the portal. Um. This is nothing but awful. <laughs> Walker like, Little's coming back. He announced he's coming back. So they're, they're oh great, great, so that's good, great, great. That's that's great. Good for them. Well, it, it is great, but it's not great that the other things are happening. Right? No, yeah, but it's just I don't know. Um, something's got to be going on there, right? This kind of stuff just doesn't happen in a vacuum. I mean, it's not like look, UCLA is a sinking ship. USC just rehired their dumb coach for another. <laughs> whatever 15 years who knows um wh- why aren't like 15 guys from each of those teams in the transfer portal 
Yeah. No, it's interesting. And for USC, it might have been delayed because they weren't sure of the fate of Clay Helton. You might see more guys coming out now. Um, I, you know, there was a couple guys that contribute, like a Matt Fink, who ended up beating Utah, was in the transfer portal and came back. Um, so I think maybe some of these guys come back. To me, Dave, when we we were talking about potential uh, landing spots for David Shaw, like if he would look at an NFL job, I mean, maybe there's maybe inside the program there was thought that there was going to be some change in the coaching staff, and then nothing was announced, and people are upset, and they're like, "Hey, I'm graduate, I'm going to move on." I don't know. Um, I, maybe we could get RJ or someone to kind of comment on it, but it seems like you know when you combine the bad season on the field with this and maybe no big changes from leadership, maybe that's something that the players are like, yeah, man, this isn't working. We need to make some changes. And if not, I'm going to be out of here. Yeah, maybe you could be right. And they do have a a pretty decent recruiting class this year. So there is that there's a small positive take from it, but (laughs) man, I don't think you can lose 12 guys and just be like, ah, it's fine. Yeah, and maybe I mean, they don't all leave. Maybe they don't all leave. That's a that's a fine point. But um, usually, when these guys are going in the transfer portal these days, I mean, what's the what's the rate of return? Like ten percent, twenty percent? I know USC got a got a guy or two back, but not many. No, it's not very high. And uh, Stanford right now is the third ranked recruiting class in the Pac-12. Uh, six four stars committed. So that's I mean that's pretty good. Um, Along with three offensive linemen: uh, Miles Hinton, tackle; Connor McLaughlin, tackle; and uh, and Levi Rogers guard, um, all those guys are four stars. So you can, I, I don't know much about them as prospects, but you could reasonably count on them to potentially play fairly early. Uh, but still you're replacing guys who, you know, started the year as starters with, you know, potentially younger guys. Yeah. Did not. Yeah, I'm curious to see that the fact that they're all grad transfers, maybe that's something, um, you know, we'll see who ends up coming back and maybe Stanford makes some changes. Uh, I was going to say after the bowl game, sorry, Stanford. <laughs> sorry oh. for Stanford fans. No, not after the bowl game, but after signing day, you know, um, maybe there's uh, some changes there. Yep. Uh, you want to do our next one or let's talk. Um, Sun Devils hired their offensive coordinator, which originally written as Zach Smith. I changed it to Zach Hill because I provide that service here on the podcast of champions, that little course correction. That's in this true. Note. I think I actually copied that directly from John Wilner's email. So, Mr. Wilner, if you're listening, we got to edit that. You got to edit yeah. that. Yeah. Come on, buddy. Uh, Zach Hill, the uh, Boise State offensive coordinator, hired at Arizona State as their offensive coordinator. So, something, I think that process was initially expected to take longer, uh, but it didn't end up taking that long at all. Uh, they got that guy hired within what? What was that? Two, two and a half weeks? Yeah, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. Uh, I think it's a great hire. Um, I think Boise State has been good of late. I think he's shown that he's a you know pretty good and, and multiple um, offensive coordinator up there. You know he can do a variety of things. Um, it's not like just pure like air raid or whatever. Um, so it's going to be, I think, probably a good fit for Herm. Um, I don't know if he'd be comfortable with something that's like super crazy and out there. Um, so I don't know. Seems like a good hire. Yeah, uh, you know, Boise State twelve and one this year. We're going to talk about them in a little bit. Uh, play, you know, in the in the bowl game. But uh, yeah, I like it. I think Herm has done a really good job of hiring people. They're not been like, why the heck did he hire that guy? Like, so I think for the most part, you've seen, you know, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in uh, Antonio Pierce because uh, he's got these you know Long Beach 
and Southern California recruiting connections, or I'm going to bring in Zach Hill or whoever, you know, got you know, some of the guys with NFL ties. I, I feel like it makes sense. Some of the people that he's brought in and hired, and, and this is a good one. I mean, this is a really good college offensive coordinator. He's called plays for the last four years at Boise state. And uh, I think it's a good hire. Yeah. And um, you know, if I think he was yet another guy who I think was at Eastern Washington for a while, um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, was he? Yeah, yeah that, I, I don't I'm remember. This, I'm I don't remember specifically, up. but yeah, okay. So he was he was there when they were basically just lighting the world on fire uh, with the passing attack in like 2015. He was, I believe, the quarterbacks coach, maybe. Um, and then yeah, and then he's been at uh, Boise State for for I think four years now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good hire. Um, going out and getting a college coordinator who I think, if he wasn't, should be in demand. Um, you know that Boise State offense was the best part of the team this year. So and that was a twelve and one team. So that's great. So good hire by Herm. Good hire. Uh, he won't have uh, Brandon Ayuk. Well, going forward, obviously he's uh, skipping the Sun Bowl. Preserve his health for the NFL draft. So he declared for the draft, and he will not be playing in the bowl game, which. Sort of like a 50-50 thing at this point now, right? Like guys, some guys are like, hey, I'm definitely playing. And other guys are like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, and I I, I get it. I get it from either angle, but I, I get why they would decide not to. Um, you know, it's you're not getting paid. You have the potential to get paid. So why risk the injury? Because we've seen injuries now in bowl games where it has um, noticeably diminished the draft stock going yeah. into um going into this to, to the draft so um yeah i i think it's a justifiable decision obviously as a fan of the sport you don't like to see it because you want to see teams at full capacity but these are glorified exhibitions if it's a playoff game it's a different deal but um you know playing in some random game who cares yeah if they want to play play if they don't want to play don't play i don't have any issues with that yeah uh a couple more do you want to read any of these or you're over i think you're over <sighs> um god don't care these are, about, like these are my this, notes this these one even this, Micah's notes. this one is okay the first the, i just i added a note i added a note to that <laughs> one so we're in google docs um and i just i like to provide notes it's a really good visual medium and, and audio medium for everyone out there right um i called one of his notes dog shit so in the, uh in the notes but so i'll read it oregon state uh they announced the appointment of a new president so f king alexander so the only reason this is important for the two reasons one, Ed Ray was, he was a huge backer of Larry Scott, one of his defenders and stuff. So he was a proponent of him. Ed Ray out. Now you have F. King Alexander. And where does he come from? LSU, where football is very important. So he just saw his quarterback win the Heisman Trophy. He saw, you know, Ed Orgeron take that team to the college football playoff, number one overall seed. So I think he's someone that would get the importance of college football and not necessarily buy into the like, Hey, our water polo teams are winning championships every year. And that's going to be acceptable. I think he is someone from everything I read that's going to put more emphasis on football. And I think the CEO group, you need more of that. And so I, I think that could be a good voice uh, in the room to kind of push that forward. Let me tell you a few things. Okay. Um, first uh, F King Alexander. If so, what are you doing with your name there, buddy? <laughs> like F King. Like, what are you thinking when you see an F and then King? 
That sounds like someone that grew up with a paper route and just, you know, scraped. No, it, no, I, I'm, I'm got bottles of a dirt- on the, and, and made his own money. No, I'm just kidding. I'm thinking of a dirty word. That's what yeah. I'm thinking. Okay. So you got that going. Then I go to look this guy up. You want to know what his actual first name is? What? Fielden. That's not a name. I'm sorry. That's not a name, my friend. You're going to have to think of a different one. Your parents are going to have to think of a different one. Your name can't be Fielden. Well, it, it actually what is. an academic name. And then you were the president of LSU. You can't have that name and be the president of LSU. He does sound like he would be the smartest Fielden. person in the state, most likely. Oh, my God. Fielden King Alexander. Yeah. How up their own butts were his parents? That sounds um, like, but he might get along with Larry Scott because it sounds like he could be like a tennis player or a golfer or something. So, you know, someone that like, I'm going to say grew up like in more of a privileged environment. It's, uh, that's my guess. I have no idea about F. King Alexander, but that, that my guess would be there would be somewhat of a privileged environment around him. Well, F. King Alexander, his, his father's name was Samuel Kern Alexander. So Sam married Ruth. And they decided to name their child Fielden. Hmm. Like, think about what goes on that you do that to your kid. Yeah. I want to know, would you rather hear us talk about Disney princesses or the names of the CEO group of the Pac-12? What would you rather have? Yeah. Talk us through it, everyone. (laughs) Oh, and the mom's name, Ruth Hammock Alexander. Her middle name is Hammock. You're doing all like Ancestry.com on this guy. That's funny. No, uh, they've all got Wikipedia pages. Nice. They're all famous people. I'm just saying having someone who knows the importance of football injected into the Pac-12 at that high of a level, especially taking the place of Ed Ray, who was just all up Larry Scott's butt, this has to be good for the Pac-12. I I think it's um, – I, I understand the rationale for you saying that. I think it's way – we do this, I think, with a lot of guys based on like where they were previously. Oh, he was at LSU, so he has to be super into football. No, anybody who's the president of LSU has to be like has to you make noise about super, being super into football. Coming to Oregon State, he might be like, "Yeah, I'm I'm an academic. I don't really give a shit one way or the other." Yeah. Um, so I I think it's you got to determine it based off like especially with a president because their impact is going to be you know, felt over a generation, not necessarily over like a one or two year period. Um, so it's just hard to say at this point. Yeah. Um, getting a guy out who's an ally of Larry Scott might have meaningful political implications for Scott. Um, you know, removes a little bit of his cover perhaps, but who knows how, if this guy's even going to be willing to flex his muscle or, or whatever, um, you know, a few months on the job. That you know is an I mean? interesting move, though, to go from LSU to Oregon State. But, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm not a big... I think it's it's probably a more prestigious um, research institution. Yeah. I, I, I don't... There's people out there who care about, like, research institution rankings and what's a tier X research institution or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I'm not one of those people. Yeah. Um, real quick, Utah, they're going to not have Jalen Johnson for the Alamo Bowl. Uh, he's going to the draft. He's going to skip the bowl game. But Zach Moss is scheduled to play. Um, and then Ashton Davis for Cal has having surgery. So he's going to miss the red box bowl. So big, big uh, loss for the Cal secondary there. Yeah. Agreed. I think that's big news. I'm, I'm glad you brought it to our attention. (laughs) These are just notes, Dave. You know, he's like, he's giving me crap on the side. It doesn't care. No, no, I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling informed. It's good. 
Uh, all right. Cool. Well, let's see. Should we do our um, – we don't have a roundup. I guess we just got to do our preview. Is there anything else, yeah. anything else you want to bring up? Uh, no, I'm just happy to be here. All right. Happy to be here. Why don't we take a quick break and we'll come back and do our uh, preview. Back in a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back here on the podcast of Champions. We got a preview. I guess it's week one of Bowl Weeks. This is the early game. We have Washington Huskies. Taking yep. on the Boise State Broncos. Do you want to do a sound for the Broncos? <laughs> Pretty good. I like was the build good? up to it too. You didn't just go right into the knee. Yeah, either. it was like a Bronco. You know, they were kind of like muscling around doing their thing. Yeah. Whatever Broncos do. Uh, Broncos only scored like three points this weekend, I saw. Um, <laughs> that's yep. in the NFL stuff. That was, that was like a snow game. You think, oh, that's going to be in Denver. It was like, nope, that's in Kansas City. Wow. They didn't look good. Um, this game's on at 4.30 p.m. on Saturday on ABC. Uh, Boise State, Washington in the Vegas Bowl. Mitsubishi Motors, sponsor these days. At Sam Boyd Stadium. This might be the last of these at Sam Boyd. Is that right? Yeah, I think it is. Because I, well, yeah, I think the stadium opens next year. So they'll likely have the bowl game there. Remember it was like royal purple, like some kind of yeah. industrial lubricant that was like, I, I don't know who would be going to, you know, watching the bowl game. You're like, yeah, my, my, whatever my company is, we need to use that, that lubricant. Uh, I, that, that seemed like a weird bowl sponsorship for me. Yeah, that was a weird one. I don't really remember bowl sponsorships. The one that always I, I, I distinctly remember Pacific Life Holiday Bowl. Like yeah, I remember it being I Pacific like Life one. for a really long time. And I feel like that should just be the proper name of it now. Yeah. It should be the Pacific Life Holiday Bowl. Well, it, some of it just works. Like the Great Western Forum, where the Lakers used to play in Inglewood, like it just sounds like that's the name of the stadium, not that, you know, Great Western Bank was the sponsor. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, no, it should just be the Great Western Forum. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So that was fun. Uh, Washington is favored by three and a half points in this football game. It's a bowl game. We have no idea what's going to happen. None whatsoever. Picking these games is stupid. We're going to do it anyway because we're stupid. Um, well, Boise State has a much better record than Washington. Uh, but Washington by most analytic systems is a better team. Weird thing, right? Boise State 12 and one, Washington seven and five. Washington somehow better. Um, so it's Chris Peterson's last uh, go round, uh, at least before he comes out of unretire retirement and unretires in two years and takes over like I don't know Iowa. Um, and uh, Boise State was his first team, so that's exciting stuff. Um, about these teams, I mean Boise State. They've lost their offensive coordinator. I'm sure he's he's probably still coaching the game, though, right? I don't know that. I didn't read that, so I'm not sure. Okay. 
Um, but he has been the play caller, so could have some effect. Uh, obviously, Washington's going to want to win this one for Peterson. Uh, Boise State's offense is pretty good. Washington's defense is pretty good. Washington's offense is meh. Boise State's defense is also meh. <laughs> so give me Washington. I'll take him minus the three and a half. I think Peterson pulls one out. A little bit of magic in his final game and, and wins it by like a touchdown. Interesting. Uh, you know, I really need to catch up and I don't have any idea because it's a bowl game. And I preseason, I just went all pack 12 and it burned me. So I'll take Boise State in this one. They're 12 and one. They got to be better, right? They got that. That, that wouldn't. The sure, sure, wouldn't sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that's the best way to determine team quality is just counting wins. Right. Uh, yeah. But, they, you know, they did get a win to open the season at Florida State. Uh, you know, not not that Florida State's a great team. The loss came like right in the middle at BYU, which, you know, looks a little strange. BYU has been, you know, they're a seven and five team. They've been kind of up and down. Uh, not an easy place to go play. Uh, you know, they got some, you know, some wins, you know, at Utah State, at Colorado State, end of the season, you know, beating Hawaii twice. Um, oh, and, and big, big time win over Marshall at home by seven, even bigger win over Wyoming at home by three, a uh, hmm. huge win at Colorado State by seven. Wyoming yeah. has Josh Allen, I think, right? Don't, don't, <laughs> no. Wyoming's actually not bad this year, but uh, Marshall's Marshall's pretty terrible, I think. The, the um, fact that they played Hawaii twice, the first time it was 59 to 37, and the second time it was 31 to 10. Um that I mean, that's not bad for defense, you know, for you know, going against a really potent Hawaii offense. I don't know. I'm just gonna I gotta go opposite you anyway, so I'll just take Boise State and uh and see how they do. Beautiful. Love yeah. it. What um is, well well that was a fun preview. Yeah, Hawaii was a nine and five team and two of those losses came to Boise State. So Yeah. Um but yeah, so what what advanced stats, what are they what's the S P plus or S P plus or whatever it is? <sighs> You're asking me to look up something that I just closed. Oh, I didn't know you just closed it. No, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. Those are your things. Uh, You know, you like, you know, you pay attention to that stuff where I don't necessarily. Washington is 17th. Uh, Their offense is 23rd, which seems overrated. Um, And their defense is 27th. Boise State is 31st. Their offense is 29th and their defense is 48th. Okay. Um, Obviously, just they don't, you know don't play the kind of the same kind of schedule and the emotional factor, which I don't know if this is a, this is the last game Chris Peterson wants, you know, do you really want to play this? You know, go play somebody else. Like there's already enough emotions with him playing his last game, having it be the team he was with for 10 years or whatever. So maybe this is an overload of emotions too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it could be, it could um, maybe he's too kind of, tight for it and gets the team kind of tight. I don't know. It's a bowl game. You have no way of knowing uh, what team's going to show up, what team's going to be motivated. Uh, it's all random. This is random season. Yeah, it is random, but yeah, we'll see how it uh, how it turns out. You want to see the Pac-12 do well. This is a, you know, you're favored by a little bit more than a field goal here. I think to get the Pac-12 off on the right foot, you'd like to see Washington uh, pull out this win. And I think for the the Huskies too, because, you know, we, we had pretty high expectations for this team, me more than you. Um, 
knowing that Jake Browning was going to be replaced by someone more athletic. But all those Wait, jokes... Jake, Jake Browning was gone? <laughs> he was gone. Um, and the offense wasn't as good, right? It just wasn't. And Was he hurt? <laughs> he, he got dinged up. And uh, he came in there. But I, I mean, that was a little shocking to me. And I don't know how much, you know, losing like a Jonathan Smith and stuff, you know, that, that what kind of toll that's taken over the last couple of years. But I think it's pretty obvious now that it's taken a quite a bit of a toll. Yeah. Um, looking at the way the Oregon State offense has improved and the way, I mean, the stats are going to tell you it's still a pretty efficient offense, but man, the eye test does not tell the same story. Um, and on this one, you know, I usually go with the, uh, the stats, but ugh. That thing looks heinous. Yeah, it just um, didn't look... No. It looks like heinous anus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I want a sound drop of that. I want a sound drop of me saying it's heinous anus. <laughs> what, let me see what time that happened. Yeah. Thir- yeah. I probably won't do it, but, you know, just a, just a note. Just for posterity. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the only game we're going to preview. <laughs> hey. Whee! All right, should we do some uh, questions? I yeah. guess we we that's what we do here, right? We don't have that many. I think the first one is Justin, unless I'm mistaken, David. Yes, I think that's correct. Seminal sound. So Justin, you might be new. We don't do sounds for other we just make up sounds or Dave makes up a sound. But he says you guys should use the sound of someone getting locked in jail for the criminals. And he's referring to the Seminoles. Just a suggestion. Love the show. Uh from Justin. Cool. That would take yeah. work to like get sound for all of the opponents all the time. So no, it, it would be me trying to make that noise, which would be you know that's complex noises are not my forte um, in terms of like just general speech too. Um, so yeah, don't hmm. know about that. All right, you ready for Frank in Sacramento? Yes. I was shocked you didn't mention it in your Pac-12 championship game recap. You didn't mention the expected Pac-12 move that Utah pulled. They were the one team with the one chance to get to the championship final four being the Pac-12 Utah threw it away for another year by losing the game. Total Pac-12. You know, I noticed this like right after we were done, I I thought about it and I was like, wait, we didn't really address like the elephant in the room from like a Pac-12 perspective, which was in losing Utah lost the shot. I guess we just thought of it as kind of self-evident. Right. Uh, but we didn't really discuss it from that perspective. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's, it's, you know, very, very Pac-12 to miss that opportunity. But we did then talk about like, would Utah wasn't really deserving of it. Neither was Oregon. Like these teams weren't good enough to have made it. So you know, even if Utah had won this game, they weren't a top four team. Like even if they'd pulled it out randomly there at the end, if Kyle Whittingham decides not to be a, you know, moral coward um, and go for it on fourth and four from the 40, uh, even if they do that and then they score and then they score again, it's still, they, they weren't deserving of making the final four. I agree with you. And I think part of it is Frank that I guess we just expected that to happen. It's just like you, you weren't, there was not going to be shock if the Pac-12 missed the playoff. It would be more shock if the Pac-12 somehow got into the playoff. And to to be fair, I was a little shocked that the Pac-12 was in as good a position as it was with a few weeks left. And uh, you know, there was you know outside of that ASU game for Oregon, it really would have made that Friday night Pac-12 championship game even more important. You know, having Oregon alive also 
would have been good. Um, but then it was just Utah, and then they, you know, don't look that great, and, and Oregon ends up winning, keeping Utah out of the New Year Six and all that. But, you know, Alabama didn't make it into the New Year Six. Auburn didn't make it in. Utah, I mean, Paul, Paul Feinbaum even mentioned, you know, Utah not being able to play in a New Year Six Bowl, and you had a team like Virginia in there. Um, so I think Utah was more deserving than what they got in the Alamo Bowl, but it would be hard that, to be shocked that the Pac-12 was out of the college football playoff. And Frank, you should never be shocked if we don't do something correctly because, you know, we're idiots, yeah. known idiots at this point. <laughs> um, it's really your fault for even thinking that we would have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the side, David, are we doing, do we got some Reddit stuff going? Didn't we, we, one of our listeners, was there, gonna... there, there's a coming email. Like if you just have a little bit of patience, we've got an email oh. up towards the top. That's going to answer all of the questions you have. Oh, okay. Cause we're, I'm seeing some Reddit stuff in there and this was something that was brought up. I forget who brought it up, uh, but there was a poll. You're going to get answered on that too. Nice. Here pretty soon. Okay. Well, I'll just do CJ's email then. Uh, I like this is from Colleen. Uh, maybe O-O-R. Oregon is just forgettable. Uh, your podcast this week was quite epic. Uh, first, you discussed Wilner's article regarding the Ducks not getting either uh, Conference of the Year awards or their fair share of the all-conference awards. Then, in discussing the upcoming bowls, Ryan forgets Oregon's bowl this year, that newcomer, the Rose Bowl. To be fair, CJ, I made that joke myself. Uh, so uh, this hilarious situation got me thinking. Or- no, 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 no. You actually did forget that. I did. Like when when we were previewing, when we were talking about the bowl games, you forgot. I did, but then I made the joke. I'm like, to be fair, that this is a, one of those up and coming bowls. You can easily forget it. The real bowl. Yes. So I, I played that joke on myself. Uh, this- I just wanted to reiterate that you did, in fact, right. forget it. And and, call- and CJ or Colleen. Uh, it's better to forget that the bowl is coming up than forget that you were in the game. That I was at the game yeah, was, and watched. It was beautiful. It. Yeah. That was a beautiful Which moment I did. in podcasting history. Yes. And I also forgot that I went to, to Utah. Um, this hilarious <laughs> situation got me thinking. Oregon fans uh, want the snubs to be all about them. That is, that everyone is against them. I am pretty sure this is why they are often so unpleasant. But what if the actual truth is we all just forget about them? That's from CJ, and I'm not going to give anything away, but I think CJ is a Washington fan or <laughs> works, maybe works at the University of Washington or has something to do with the University of Washington just based on the email address. Um, so a little shade from CJ on uh, Duck fans. Yeah. I, I, so do you have teams like this where – like even when you watch their games, like it just feels like kind of a gray blur. Like I, I felt this way. I never Oregon. I can generally like lock in. I focus on that. But one that has been like that for me for a long time. Well, two in the Pac-12 are Arizona and Washington State. Yeah. Like I watch their game and then I just come away from it and I'm like, I don't recall a single thing that happened in that football game. And I will have watched every moment of it. And it's just something about the style of play. I think for Washington State, it's more easily understood because every like there's only like five plays and they're running them like 80 times a game and they're scoring all the time. So it just feels like it's never ending and it's just like a continuous loop. Yeah. Do you remember that Arizona- slam play that the guy broke a tackle and ran for a touchdown? For 50 <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, wait, he did but- that three times? Yes. Okay. But Arizona, I don't know why it is. It just feels like it's like my brain wipes as soon as I'm done with the football game. 
So I, I don't know what it is. Oregon's not one of those for me, but I, I'd understand if like somebody has a similar feeling about just a particular team. Basically, what I'm saying is I watch way too much Pac-12 football. Yeah. I have like actual like cognitive like blank spots around particular teams. To be to be fair, Oregon was a little more forgettable this year, maybe because I was expecting to see the number one draft pick just you know slinging it all over the place. And obviously, but, Oregon but, played but, well, but but Jake Browning was was hurt right all year. So, Jake so you hurt. didn't see him, and you were having to watch Oregon instead. But it was like offensive line play. It was like good defensive play. You know, five games in a row, not giving up double digits. Um, so some of that stuff is not what I, maybe what I expected to see from this Oregon team. And so maybe it was a little bit more, uh, but no, I, there wasn't anything personal CJ against uh, me forgetting, um, you know, that, that the road to preview the Rose bowl, that was just like some of the logistics of everything. But I, I did like Wilner's piece about how the heck can the ducks not have, uh, more all conference award winners, or at least getting the, uh, not, it was a coach of the year award. Um, I think, I don't know what I said. It was COY coach of the year award is, uh, you know, didn't go to Oregon either. So I, I thought Wilner's article made sense. Some people maybe didn't like it, but I, yeah, I, was there a little sour grapes or something and, and they didn't want to vote all these Oregon players in maybe, but there's, there was something there. They should have been, it, the representation wasn't uh, correct in my opinion. Sure. All right. You ready for Jay? Let's do Jay. College basketball podcast. Hey, guys. Should we just stop uh, right now? Like, do we need to read the rest of this? <laughs> Seriously. I uh, just wanted to chime in with a college basketball podcast recommendation. Oh, great. We don't have to think. Uh, I listened to a podcast called Titus and Tate. They talk – so that's T-I-T-U-S and T-A-T-E. Uh, they talk about college basketball on a national level. The hosts are knowledgeable and funny and have a pretty relaxed style. It's similar to your podcast in that way, probably why I like them both. The downside is they definitely do not focus on the Pac-12. If you are someone who can't take the occasional joke about our beloved Conference of Champions, I would avoid this podcast. If you can't take the occasional joke joke about our beloved Conference of Champions, I would avoid this podcast, (laughs) the one we're on right now. Uh, Personally, I find it funny, but some don't, so there's your warning. I don't listen for news about my favorite team, Washington. I listen for national basketball news and commentary. All right, so that's Titus and Tate. And then he says, uh, keep up the good work and go dogs." Jay from Seattle. Thanks, Jay. So Titus and Tate, uh, not our recommendation, Jay's recommendation, but it sounds good. So we endorse. Sure. Um, thanks, Jay, for that. And, you know, there's most like there was a need for a Pac-12 podcast. There just wasn't really one that was focusing on football. Or there were some and there were, uh, you know, they, they weren't they were intermittent. You wouldn't see them uh, you know, each and every week. And so if you're out there and you're an aspiring podcaster and you really love college football, find someone, you know, get a partner or two that you have good chemistry with and and start one. And it might, you know, it might turn into something big. I don't know, but it sounds like there really isn't much focusing on Pac-12 basketball. Just like when we started this, there really wasn't much focusing on Pac-12 football. Yeah. Yeah. Um, find somebody you don't have any chemistry with like us. That's the whole thing. We do have chemistry. People like it. We do. We do. Yeah. And it's the whole like USC UCLA thing. thing. You know, the fact that you're super conservative and I'm a a big liberal, like all those things. Yeah. You're a hippie, like a full, like. Oh. Yeah. I hold on. Okay. So I do like, I'm not a big, you know, full disclosure, I'm more of a fiscally conservative person and David's more. Uh, you know, on more on the the liberal side. I think I. You yeah, know, I, I I think the problems are bad and we should fix them. Ryan doesn't. No, I think you know you should 
whatever. We'll, we'll go into it. <laughs> Um, there's a, there's an issue in California right now. And there was a, and I want to get David's thoughts on this. And we, I think we do a good job. I'll ask David questions about, Hey, what do you think about this side? Or what do you think about this? Um, and I always, I like what he says. He, he's very knowledgeable. He studies a lot of stuff where I just more have kind of different values or whatever, different things. But there's a AB five is, is, was passed in California in September and it's taking effect January 1st and it does impact our industry. And I'm trying to find out how it will impact our industry because the people that I pay are basically freelancers. They're contractors. I'm a contractor through CBS sports. I'm not an employee of CBS and 24 seven. That's just the way we've worked over the years. And what AB five is saying is um, you basically have to be an employee instead of a contractor, which it's going to be a lot more expensive for people. We already saw, so I think it's going after like Uber and Lyft, but there's really specific clauses for journalists. And they're saying, if you write more than 35 content items a year, you can't be a contractor. So big sites like SB Nation that I think had 300 or 400 independent contractors that would do you know various amounts, but more than 35 articles a year, all these freelancers, and they might work for multiple sites and do different things. This week, SB Nation came out and they laid them all off. And they're going to replace all of that content with some full-time people, but it's going to be 10 or 15 full-time people replacing three or 400 uh, of the, the freelance well, people. And, and I would clar- clarify that they're not going to replace all of that content. They're, they're going yeah. to they're going to replace some of it with the full-time people, but they're going to take a hit in their traffic numbers because they're not willing to pay um, for more full-time people, right? Um, but that's but that's the calculation they're making. But they're not going to replace all of the content written by those people because they were counting on essentially full-time work from people that weren't getting full-time pay. Um, now those people were counting on that money because of the reality we live in, um, where you have to take underpaid second jobs a lot of times to just make ends meet. Um, so it's 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 hard for them. But I don't look at this as – I mean, this law was maybe poorly written. I think at some level it probably was. Um, I think the broad strokes of the law are good. Um, you do need to figure out what, what what's going on with Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash and all these kinds of um, companies that are taking advantage of people. Um, and, I mean, if you talk to any of the people who drive for these things, they're like, yeah, the the net outcome is that I make a few bucks an hour like tops from this work, but it's necessary. So I have to do it. Um, but those are a necessary component of their business with an SB nation. They're making the calculation that those freelancers, those people who are, who are not getting paid a ton of money are not a necessary component of their business. I don't know if that gamble is going to work out for them, uh, yeah. but that's the gamble they're making Uber, Lyft and DoorDash, which are much bigger employers, um, in the state. Uh, those, they can't make that calculation. Autonomous vehicles are not a, first; they're not a real thing, and second, they're not going to be a real, real thing for many, many, many years. Um, so until they, you know, do jump into the future, um, they're going to ha- still require human bodies behind a wheel, and so they have to figure something out. Um, but that's where it. I, I think it's a good law. I think it's a good intention law. What it doesn't have is the protections in place for just this situation with you know, the 300 some odd contributors in California to all those SB Nation sites, um, they, they don't have a, there's no, there's, there was, 
I'm assuming there was no plan in place for dealing with this eventuality. And it might just be a sacrifice of making the law consistent, and they have to do it, and you're going to have some sacrifices with anything where you're making a major change to the labor code. Um, But obviously, you would have some protection for them in an ideal world. Yeah. So there's a one Well, David and I will disagree. I mean, I hate it. I think it's terrible. I think it's where the government... I get the the intention is to try and protect the people, but especially in the journalism world, people like, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people that they're upset about this and they could be very liberal, you know, writers for different blogs or whatever. And they're, they're losing their livelihood. And that's some of it's their choice. It's not just a necessary thing. It's because, Hey, I got kids at home and I want to you know do this part-time and, and whatever. And that's being taken away from them. So I think it's more like it's the government trying to protect you from yourself when no, a lot I of people mean- don't want to be protected. Well, uh, first, I think a lot of people don't even know their rights. Um, A lot of what this is putting into law is stuff that was essentially, I mean, there's been misclassification of independent contractors for the longest time, and it's been an increasing problem because um, uh, employers have been using it to take advantage of employees because one of the things, and you know this as an independent contractor, you have to pay all your own crap. Like none of that, none of those, you know, the Social Security, Medicare, like you've got to pay for all of that. So you're actually paying more in those kind of baseline taxes than somebody who's an actual employee. Um, and so people get 1099 who otherwise shouldn't be 1099. They are employees. They do have their hours dictated to them. They do meet all the requirements of employees except, oh, yeah, their their boss wants to make a little bit more money and not have to pay out the taxes for that person essentially. Um, and by and large, that's most people. Now there are going to be instant, you know, instances where, you know, if you're a essentially a small business owner as you are, and you're making pretty good money, and you you have a certain number of expenses, so you can deduct a ton, and so you're not actually ending up paying out a ton in taxes. You are probably going to be put at a disadvantage from this, but you are not the majority of people in this situation. I think at the very low end, there's going to be some people who really counted on that extra four or five hundred bucks a month to make ends meet, and they're going to get screwed, and that sucks. And then there's the people who are making enough from this to count it as their full time work, but who are still getting screwed because they're having to pay out more for what they should be, which is classified as employees. Um, and those are the people that this is mostly designed to help. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, there's trade-offs across the board, but I think there's a big majority of people here who are going to be benefiting from it. Um, and there's going to be instances where people don't, and it's probably at some level poorly written. I haven't read the text of the thing, but the fact that there wasn't protection in place for, you know, something like that, where. You know, and that'd be easy to write into the law, you know, something like, okay, for, and what what would that even add to the cost for people who are laid off because of this, add in some sort of compensation or easy enrollment into unemployment benefits or whatever it is. Um, but I don't know if that's in there or not. Um, but something like that, just to protect people against this eventuality. All right. So we both agree this is a terrible law. Awesome. Thank you. Beautiful, um, <laughs> beautiful discussion. <laughs> no, I was just curious, to, and I and like I said, I do. David, I usually have different views, but I wanted to look at this. But the fact that this one impacts me personally, and we still don't know. I mean, I'm trying to find out from CBS. Or, I mean, literally, it's it's something I'm emailing the people that work for me. None of us know. We're kind of in this limbo state of what what can we do here going forward? And I'd hate people to lose their jobs, but we're seeing that happen. And 
So I don't know. We'll we'll keep you up to date what's going on. But sorry, there was a you've got to, you've got to have like small business protections for you though. I would think don't aren't there protections like even if you did have to classify them as employees, I I don't think you would have to change a whole lot. But I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I think it hurts. From what I was talking to people that you know that they could write off things that you know when they're a 1099 person, but as an employee, they might not be able to write off the same kind of stuff. Um, it just seems like. What I'm paying them now, if there was all this employment to other things that were involved in that, they just wouldn't get as much money. I I don't know. I need to look into it more, but it just seems like, whoa, this was passed in September and it's, you know, kicks in in January. It's like, holy cow. Um, not a lot of time. Not a lot of time. All right. This one is uh, from Shane. Fellows. Uh, oh, God. There's he's three attachments. I provided three options for your dollar sign C's updated audio drop uh great joke shane two people will see this email and one of them can't read emails <laughs> this is <laughs> wait I'm, I'm a little confused uh this is andrew chart deception uh description level podcast content all right um so he says option one i call this the urban meyer might be our coach launches with the promise uh and a clear expectation suddenly something gets dropped and we're left with a solitary laugh of despair and self-deprecation. Also, we feel a little grimy and cheap for having been in it in its presence for a short time, but intense period of time. So it sounds like I need to download these. Um, yeah, you should download them. Um, do you, do you want to read, or do you want to read, and I'll download and I'll, get, I'll load these up, or what's the? Well, option one, you got to play option one now. I have to. Come it, on. it takes time to download these and. Like I gotta upload them to my. Why don't iPod. I read this? Why don't I read the second part first? Okay, and then we'll get back to the options. So you download those as I'm reading the second. Okay, part. sounds good. As we head into the off season, I have a reminder for listeners: when submitting true or false statements, please make them unnecessarily complex, <laughs> multi-threaded, and oddly specific. <laughs> With that in mind, here are some very specific but poorly worded Pac-12 bowl season true or false questions. True or false, this year's Cheez-It Bowl between Air Force Falcons caw, and Washington State Cougars meow, will feature more first downs via penalty than last year's Cheez-It Bowl featured interceptions and quarterbacks with drop foot. <laughs> Over, under, ten and a half. Um, That's funny. False. Oh, wait. <laughs> it's got an over-under, and it's a true or false. It's so good. Uh, true or false, the ABC broadcast of this year's Las Vegas Bowl between Boise State Broncos, nay, and Washington, Washington Huskies, woof, 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 will feature more cutaways to B-roll of Chris Peterson luridly ogling showgirls at Caesars than it will combined catches by senior wide receivers Andre Bocelli, Chico McClatcher, and Quentin Pounds, <laughs> over-under, 0.5. True or false, when Cal State and Illinois, oh, Cal State, oh, Cal State, he's saying bears, okay, Okay. and Illinois racist Native American chant sound face off in the Red Box Bowl, uh, Cal State, (laughs) he's tripping me up, Uh, Cal State will have more fans in attendance at Levi Stadium than Illinois has total offensive yardage for the 2019 season, over under 4,152. True or false, when ASU, Continues their residency in El Paso against Florida State Seminoles. Sound of something racist. Each time Jaden T. Daniels completes an 80-plus yard pass play, the CBS announcers will describe it as great. Over under three and a half times. Nice. 
True or false, in the national championship game between a couple teams that aren't Oklahoma, sound of somebody dying of dysentery along the Oregon Trail, uh, the Pac-12 refs will have more embarrassing gaffes than the Pac-12 will have wins during bowl season over under two and a half. Nice. Wow. Couldn't answer those if I tried. I have Keep a- up the work. Your friend and compatriot, Shane. Keep up the work. Uh, I have an Oregon Trail shirt, like a T-shirt my, I bought. My wife didn't really like it. It says, uh, you have died of dysentery with like a picture of the the wagon and stuff. I love it. And yeah. uh, my wife doesn't appreciate it. Um, okay. I, I have downloaded things. Shane, those are amazing. Uh, true, false, over-unders. Uh, that's great <laughs> stuff. So we'll go back. So this was, um, someone sent us like the pipe drop, right? Is that was the thing? That we, yeah. Okay. And we couldn't do it. So option one, he said, this is the Urban Meyer might be our coach. So I will play this for you. USC Trojan. Dumb, dumber, dumbest. Pretty. Is that number one? That was number one. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so it says launches with the promise and a clear expectation. Suddenly something gets dropped and we're all left with a solitary laugh of despair and self-depreciation. Uh, Deprecation. Deprecation. Sorry. Oof. Uh, yeah. Also, we feel a little grimy and cheap for having been in its presence for a short but intense period of time. So I'm not, maybe, maybe he labeled that wrong, but that, that might have been labeled wrong. Okay. So for number two, he says, uh, remember that time we played Alabama? Here we go. You know what? Play, play number two for that first one because I think that might be the right one. Okay. Hold on. USC Trojan. <laughs> no. No, that's, that's number two. That that's is number two. Number it starts, two. starts okay. off strong. Uh, USA Trojans. Hey, that's us. Then, oh God, oh God, it's still going. <laughs> Make it stop. Hey, side note, who does SC have on their 2020 football schedule? Anybody good? <laughs> they play Alabama. Yeah. Uh, okay. The number three, he says, uh, he calls this. Uh, it's always a good idea to hire an athletic director solely because he played football at USC. USC Trojan. <laughs> He said, this one takes you back to a better time. The sound that recaptures the glory days of yore. Student body left, student body right. The romance of Hollywood. Access to the stars in those gin-drenched, warm Southern Southern California nights. The future is bright, Trojan fans. Wow. See, that. if you want to send us a sound, that's how you do it. I want the Bama one. I think the Bama one's the best one. Play number two for me again. USC Trojan. <laughs> yeah, I think that's my new drop. I think that's got to be the USC drop. What was the... F- okay, so the first one was... USC Trojan. Dumb, dumber, dumbest. It's literally just a... It's the pipe dropping from that other one. <laughs> plus the uh, dumb, dumber, dumbest. Plus, from plus this. Our dumb, other one. dumber, dumbest. Nice. Dumb, dumb, or dumbest would also be really good. For <laughs> just well, that's the thing. Like you had to include the the other stuff. So Shane took the. Time. I want every one of those. Every one of those should be in our rotation for USC. How long did it take Shane to compose this email? That's some serious audio engineering right there. There's a lot. I mean, besides that, and then all the like the thought that goes into the true false. I respect it. I respect the game. Yeah. All right. You ready for Day? Yeah. 
Bricks and Stones. Uh, not only was I pleased to learn last week that Oregon's talent advantage over the rest of the conference is so overwhelming that the only way its coaches can avoid criticism is to go undefeated, something Ryan believes is impossible in the Pac-12's nine-game structure, I was rewarded with his advice about media standards for such teams. Since you boys have several combined decades of experience covering programs, wow, decades, Jesus, that massively underperformed their talent, whereas I've only been writing about Oregon while they played in two national championships, four Rose Bowls, have five conference titles, and a Heisman Trophy, your insights are quite authoritative. I don't think Day is being completely on the level right there. You don't think I so? I think he might be being a little bit sarcastic. Maybe. Maybe. Not, no, that's, no, he's normally not like that. He's normally not like that. Would not describe him as a sardonic sword. Um, I rarely credit fan theories about their own team's disappointing season, but after doing film study on UW, I'm tempted to believe they're right about which wide receivers they deployed. Specifically, the UW coaches were favoring underperforming seniors over more dynamic young wideouts from a misplaced sense of loyalty or to service a built-for-life mantra. Below are the stats from collegefootballdata.com. Oh, thank you, Ethel Day. I was looking for that damn website, actually. Thank you for reminding me of it. What do you think? Do coaches in your experience ever do such a thing? And whether deliberate or not, doesn't this explain UW's offensive woes better than a nebulous lack of identity? Yes, Hithliday, coaches do that all the time. Um, it's a common thing, actually, that I've seen with coaches when they take over. They can make some really harsh and easy decisions where they're playing their freshmen over the grown-up guys. But then when their freshmen become those grown-up guys, they have a much more difficult time playing the freshmen over them. Ah. It's a human thing. Um, but I would almost guarantee that was what was going on here. Um, just you get loyalty to guys and you don't want to see them fail. You start to know them, you know, all their, you know, all their foibles and you really believe in them and football's an emotional sport as well as an analytical one. So yeah, I think that's totally what was going on here. So he gives a chart. So basically saying, so they have what, three seniors, uh, Fuller, uh, so Fuller has, his catch percentage is the lowest among all the, well, second lowest among the receivers. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. What, is, what do you make from this chart? I'm not exactly sure what he's saying here. So is he saying okay, the so seniors aren't going to be as good as the, the freshmen? Is that what he's saying? Yeah. Just saying. So if you look at, so um, he's given us a graph of target numbers. So how often a guy is targeted and then how many, how often he catches the ball. Uh, Fuller and Bocelli um, were both under uh, 66%, whereas Terrell Bynum, a sophomore, was 70%. Pukunakua, a freshman, was at 63%, but was getting a ton more yards per target. Fuller and Bocelli were at 8 and then 5 per target. Uh, Pukunakua was at 15. So similar catch percentage, but much, much higher you know, value on his catches. Um, and then Marcus, Marquis, Marquis, Marquis? Spiker. I think it's Marquis, yeah on a very, very low volume, but still um, had more playmaking out of his catches. Um, so basically making the case that the top two guys, the guys who were getting targeted the most, were really underperforming relative to other guys on the depth chart, um, which I think was a valid case to make. I think it was made. And I think, you know, he doesn't include Hunter Bryant here. And so I'd be interested to see what his numbers were like. Yeah. Um, and I, because he was just such a big part of their passing attack, is they have a kind of a, a tight end, tight end heavy, not quite as heavy as UCLA's, but a tight end heavy uh, passing attack. So I'd be interested to see how his compare. Um, but no, I, I think that's part of it. I think the lack of identity stuff, I mean, it's hard to know. Chicken or egg stuff. Are Fuller and Bocelli bad? Maybe. Or because of their roles, 
in this offense, they're, you know, put in situations where they're often catching short passes and expected to do something with it or ha- having to con- catch contested passes. I, it's, it's hard to know exactly. I mean, I think you'd have to really dissect it from a film perspective, which sounds like it's right up your alley, Hithliday. Um, but I think it's probably a little bit of both. I, I, I do think their offense dropped off even before this year um, with – uh, the Smith departure. I do think there is something schematic going on here, but um, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Hithliday, because I know you do film work, so um, it'd be interesting to hear what you have to think. Yeah, I mean, say. someone like I watched Pukunakua a lot, and the fact that he was targeted eleven times all year just seems kind of crazy. Silly. You know, it's yeah. uh, and you know his yards per target were you know over fifteen, where like Fuller's, you know, a little over eight. You know, Bocelli's under six. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that makes sense. But I don't know. Is it maybe – could you say that what if Nakua was targeted a lot more? Is it just – is it the offense that just wasn't that great? So he would have caught more of the dump-off stuff or he would have caught more short passes. Yeah. And maybe that's – you know, because you're talking about Fuller had 81 targets and Nakua had 11. But if that was evened out, would would the numbers be closer? I don't know. It's hard to say. Was it more of a you know the offense, or is it just the receivers themselves? Yeah, agreed. I don't know. Uh, interesting hit that I sorry that you know that makes more sense now. It's like he's got a lot of colors here, but I get it. So, but it is it's interesting how the the younger players had fewer targets, but then just did more with them. I don't know. This might just be a logistical email from our man Thomas, so we might want to respond to it. I don't know that we need to read it. Okay. Um, it's all about the Reddit thing. So our man Thomas uh, went through great pains to try to set up a subreddit. Uh, he was unable to because he has to wait 30 days because he had just signed up for a Reddit account. Um, I'm agnostic about the Reddit. I agreed to it because uh, some people seemed like they were interested in it. If any of you have a Reddit account and would like to set up the subreddit, uh, Thomas can get in touch with you. You can send us an email and we'll put you guys in touch um, because he's fine like establishing it and being a moderator or whatever, but uh, somebody with a more established Reddit account might have to be the one who generates the thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So so... if if you're interested in doing that, just email us and we'll put you in touch with Thomas. Uh, do do you use Reddit yourself? I only use it to post our podcast every week on the Pac-12 Reddit. Okay, so there's a Pac-12 Reddit. There is a Pac-12 Reddit. Hithliday yeah. is actually on it. He's a moderator there. Okay, I don't. I just never. I mean, I guess because for like the sites that we use and you know we, that we run, we have our own message board. So maybe that's why I haven't been on it. But it's essentially just a big message board, right? Or like a like a, a series of message boards of all different topics from everywhere. That's probably a good way to think of it. Yeah. It's a, it's a bunch of message boards for particular topics. So having our own subreddit, there would be a place for people that listen to the POC to comment. And uh, so right now they could go on a, our blog and, and make some comments, but we don't really get any action there. So on Reddit, then we're people could be talking about the episode, maybe putting yeah, questions in there and things I, like that. I, I, real talk, I don't know if it's like I, – I'm always skeptical of those things because there's nothing worse in the world than an empty message board. Like it's it's like where hope goes to die. Um, yeah, it is kind of so, sad seeing that. Like looking at, you know, our traffic – I mean we get a uh, we get a decent amount of listeners, but I don't know if what percentage of that group is actually on Reddit and what percentage of it would actually post on our subreddit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm fine with it. 
if we want to do it, I have a you know a little subreddit out there, and people maybe will post. We'll post occasionally, but um, yeah. So if somebody's interested in setting that up, great. We'll 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 endorse. Um, but us. just send us an email so that we can get you in touch with Thomas, who's happy yeah. to do the moderation. And thanks, Thomas, for writing in. Uh, he said, yeah. Feliz, Feliz Navidad, muchachos. Like, nice. I like yeah. that. He, he also and he also with, yeah 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 oh, yeah. Go ahead. Keep, no, I was keep up the fantastic work, Ryan, and don't let David freeload too much. Too late for that, Thomas. It's just we've established that's how it works. Um, yeah, no, th- he's set expectations. I've limboed under <laughs> them every time, but he's set expectations at this point. Yeah. Uh, but thank you, Thomas, for uh, taking the you know steps to uh, set that up. I guess I need to set up an account too, if we would post in it. Because if people are going to be, I, I just use a, I use a Pac-12 podcast um, oh, account, so we could like share that or something. You okay. can just share the nice. Account, yeah. Um. All right. Well, I think that's, I think that's all she wrote. That's it. We, we're done. We're out of this thing. We only went. Hey, we were we we had to preview one game instead of like twelve, and we still went an hour. That's not bad. Didn't have to recap a game. Only had to preview one, and we talked for one hour. Well, we did get into some like California laws stuff, which maybe yeah, that got dry too. Like, that no. wasn't like a f- yeah, it wasn't like fun. It wasn't Disney Princess fun? No, no, it wasn't. But it is something that impacts a lot of people, uh, or could potentially be a lot of people. If hey, you're a you know what? We, we, we we've got to stretch our off season muscles because it's coming, you know. And so <sighs> we've got to get back to like. Get in the right headspace. You know, we're going to have to start discussing things. Look, Star Wars comes out this week. Oh, we're yeah. We have to have a Star Wars discussion at some point after we've both seen it. I'm seeing it on Friday. Um, so I'm kind of bummed. Go. I like to see it in like Hollywood, like opening weekend, but I'm going to be traveling. So I'm going to see it somewhere in Massachusetts. So it's just not, it's not going to be the same. I'll come back and make sure I check it out at like, you know, the Chinese theater or, uh, Across the street at the Disney one, what the, I forget that what that one's called. Um, but I, I like seeing those, like those big movies, like somewhere in Hollywood. That's fun. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like even just going seeing them with like the El Capitan. The El Capitan. The Ar- the one, yeah. Even that arc light is pretty good. That on Sunset. That is yeah. That is good. I've I saw. I think the last time I saw a movie, it was there. Um, yeah. Yeah. The El Capitan. They do a lot of cool stuff, and you go in there, and they'll have like R two D two and C three PO and stuff. They'll have cool things for you to kind of check out. If you're a Star Wars nerd, are you liking uh, the Mandalorian? I, I I haven't watched the last couple episodes. Oh, it's, okay. It's it's completely it's completely fine. It's good. It's it's you know nice little show. I'm doing pretty good. I'm watching them like almost as they they come out. But I'm surprised how big of a like a deal Baby Yoda is. It's everywhere. Yeah, Baby Yoda's big. Baby Yoda's bigger than big. And you would have to think that people don't even know what it is, but they're just seeing Baby Yoda everywhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that that's that was, a, that was a character made for the times. Yeah, they were. <laughs> Nothing more meme-worthy than Baby Yoda. There was, And there was something we'll have to talk about, but there was something in this last episode, and I'm not remembering what it was, but I was like, wow, this seems... Oh, um, there was a real... like I have not seen the movies uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, but they, they were like... They assembled this group for this it was just basically for this uh episode and it had this real sense of like this ragtag group like the guardians of the galaxy kind of thing i'm like ah oh, all right i mean i think that's what they were going for there which is i think you could watch that on disney plus also i think that's part of that marvel universe yeah. too right yep yeah so when you get to that one let me know i'm like 
I haven't seen, I'll have to go back and see see that movie, but that's what it that's the sense I got from watching that. But I think it's pretty cool. Um I don't know. Star Wars stuff is neat. I like Star Wars stuff, so I'll watch it. Yeah. The, it's probably the, gonna be terrible and I'm gonna hate it, but I'm gonna love to hate it. The episode two, so uh, episode eight, so whatever the the second new one recently is not out on Disney Plus yet. Um only so you can get the first one, which is is that the Force Awakens or what? What I forget what the first one is called. Yeah, last last Jedi is on Netflix though. Still, okay, so you can watch it on Netflix. Okay, all right. Because yeah. um, so I wanted to watch, watch those two. I want to watch the two new ones before watching this one again, so I make sure I know what's going on. Yeah, I might. I might have to rewatch that terrible movie Force Awakens and that fantastic movie Last Jedi again. Okay, so you didn't like the new new like the the first new one. You didn't like seven, but you liked eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm just I'm trolling all the people who have. There's a lot of them out there who have a distinctly opposite opinion of both. Oh, really? All right. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I you're. I, I respect the hell out of you because you're just like I love them all. They're Star Wars. It's just like I'm. You know, I. I just like it. You know, it's it's cool. Like yeah, they. I mean, do I did I like Jar Jar Binks and all that stuff? Like no, I don't like any of that stuff. But it was like it's still Star Wars. I still. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's it's like pizza. Like, how bad is it going to be? If it's terrible pizza, it's still like, oh, I'm still eating pizza. I've had some pretty bad pizza in my life. Yeah. You have to be pretty I bad. I mean, I had a pizza when I was really drunk in college where I um, made it in the oven, but I left the cardboard on the bottom, <laughs> and then I ate it. <laughs> that is awesome. Like, that was a, that was a bad pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's like you went to Star Wars, and they played uh, the soundtrack that, like, uh, Goodfellas or something while you're, while you're watching the Star Wars visuals. Like maybe I, I, I want to tell you, not the best pizza I've ever had in my life. I'll be honest. Awesome. I hate the cardboard. So good. That's a, that's a UCLA education, folks. I, I, I didn't I didn't notice for like a while too. Like I was I was <laughs> I was like this this tastes weird. And what what was the level of? Uh, alcohol in your system at the time i mean it, it, it was it was not low it's not low it was not low but it wasn't high enough for to make me forget gotcha so it was it was in a state where i probably shouldn't have done that you you couldn't have driven and you certainly should have been baking pizza around. i should not have been trusted around any sort of appliance gotcha no. especially yeah. when it gets up to 400 degrees no, under no circumstances. Awesome. All right. Well, that's a good way to end things. Um, <laughs> just remember, folks, if you're going to make pizza at home, don't eat the cardboard. That's all. That's that's the lesson of today. And yep, now you know. That's um, the more you know. Cool. The more you know. All right. Well, that's David Woods. I'm Ryan Abraham. Enjoy the Las Vegas Bowl. We'll be back next week. Pre-Christmas, pre-rest of the bowl games. We'll preview those. Uh, David will be so- sorry that Boise State won and he lost his first bet, uh, his first pick, but that's just the way it rolls. Uh, for David, I'm Ryan. Thanks for tuning in, and we will talk to you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 